Well, here's a question for you. Have you ever felt less than smart? Have you ever felt less than smart? I know that's happened to me before. Maybe uh, for you, it's been where you locked your keys in your car. Man, that can be something that can make you feel less than smart. Or maybe for you, it's you wrote the wrong year on a check, and then you realize it's actually like three years ago. <laughs> you're not like anywhere close. Or maybe it's you, uh, you're that person that has to pick the box out of the trash to get the directions for the thing that you're heating up. Maybe it's a hot pocket or something like that, and you do it like three times. You're like, what? how long was I supposed to microwave this thing? Sometimes we can feel less than smart, but today we're going to talk about wisdom. But wisdom isn't just being smart or intelligent. It's so much more than that. Now, last week we started James chapter 3, and we talked about the tongue. And hopefully over these last seven days, you've worked on holding your tongue. Hopefully you've searched for flaws that have affected your words, flaws that start in your heart. Because we learned the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Hopefully you haven't used your tongue to start destructive fires. Hopefully your tongue hasn't done Satan's job of accusing people and condemning them. Hopefully you've taken time to praise God with your tongue and to speak about his goodness and to thank him for what he has done and been a witness with your tongue. Well, we're going to jump in James chapter 3 verse 13. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in meekness of wisdom. In the meekness of wisdom. We don't often hear very much about wise people these days, right? You, you look on the internet or you look on the news and they're always showing uh, you know, people that have slip and fall or do dumb things. And we see that a lot. But we don't often hear about people that make the right choices. Just a few weeks ago, uh, there was a lady that ran out of some hair product. And so she decided that she was going to use Gorilla Glue on her hair. She had to go to the doctor and get like surgery to get this stuff off. And so then she tried to sue Gorilla Glue for not telling her not to put Gorilla Glue in her hair. We hear a lot about things like that, but we don't often hear about people that make wise choices. But wisdom is more than just knowing about things. Sometimes we think about that, like someone's wise has to be like a professor or something like that. But it's not just a knowing about things, it's knowing when to act and when not to act. See, God asked Solomon what he wanted more than anything else in the whole world. And, and Solomon could have asked for anything, but he asked for wisdom. What a wise choice, right? He already, I think, was started off in the right direction. Solomon says to God in 1 Kings 3, 9, Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, great, uh, this your great people? Solomon understood that he had a great responsibility and he uh, was leading people and people were watching him. And what he prayed for more than anything else was the ability to understand between good and evil. Verse 10 says, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this. And God said to him, because you have asked for this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but you've asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. 
Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before and none like you shall arise after. I give you also what you have, asked, uh, what you have not asked. God says, not only am I going to give you wisdom because you made such a wise choice, I'm going to give you both riches and honor so that no king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will also lengthen your days. See, Solomon asked for wisdom, and God gave him that, and he gave him riches and long life. I've prayed this prayer uh, uh, in my own life over and over again. God, help me to know right from wrong. Help me to know when to act and when not to act. God, give me wisdom. In fact, it's on the wall in my office so that I can constantly be reminded that in my life, my uh, marriage and my uh, you know, parenthood and, and my job and my work, I need wisdom. I've got a great responsibility. I need to know when to act and when not to act. I need to know the difference between good and evil because sometimes in this world it can get so confusing what is right. Notice Solomon asked for an understanding heart, a heart that knows right from wrong. You can't always trust your heart. The Bible tells us our heart is deceitful and it's desperately wicked. Our hearts lie to us. In another passage, Solomon's Father, David, asked God in Psalms 51 to create in him a clean heart. We learned last week that out of uh, our, our mouth speaks what our heart is full of. And it's what's in our heart is going to come out. So if God gives us a pure and a wise and a clean heart, it's going to affect our words. Verse 13 again. Let's check it out one more time. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. See, we've probably known some really smart people that have not made wise choices in their life. And they've hurt, it, uh, they've hurt people and they've, uh, you know, done wrong against people. That's not Wisdom. A person that is wise will be characterized by self-control and meekness. A person that is wise is not going to fly off the handle about everything. They won't have to prove how tough they are to anyone that disagrees with them. A wise person won't constantly be trying to give people a piece of their mind. Most of us can't spare any anyhow. Wisdom is about your behavior and your conduct. It's not education. It's about right choices. This verse says the wise will be meek. Meek means power under control. Last week we talked about how a horse, 2,000 pound horse can be uh, steered by just a small bit in their mouth. You know, the process of training a horse is called meeking, bringing that wild stallion under control. And just like that, wisdom will meek us and bring us under uh, under control. That's our prayer today. God, give us wisdom. God, help us to know when to act and when not to act. Verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, 
unspiritual and demonic. These verses tell us here that there's a worldly wisdom that is devilish and demonic and unspiritual. This type of wisdom is motivated by jealousy and self-ambition. Someone that wants what other people want or someone that just wants to be better than everyone else. Someone that has great ambition, envy, and strife. It says that we can sometimes act like we're being spiritual, but really we're being fleshly and we want to uh, strong arm our way. See, some people are actually motivated by self-glory and not self-control. They're self-seeking, not God-seeking. And this type of worldly wisdom is not unlike the attitude that Satan had that caused him to rebel against God, to think that he deserved glory. In fact, one third of the angels in heaven believed in Satan's wisdom and followed him to fight against God. So if you find yourself in that jealous and self-promoting attitude, that's not wise. It's dangerous. If I'm not careful as a preacher, I can begin to crave uh, people's praise. Hey, great sermon. Hey, hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, you're going places. Or, and this would have been bad uh, over this past year. If you're that type of pre- preacher that was looking for an amen after everything uh, that someone, uh, every, every line that you say, you can begin to feed off of that. And if I begin to crave that, that's dangerous. That's self-serving. And over the past year, a preacher that likes that kind of stuff will probably be in trouble, right? I don't know if the little, you know, love button on uh, the Facebook Live there does the same thing. But if I drink that in and I crave that love and that uh, admiration or that encouragement from people, that's a dangerous place to be. And if I feel empty when I don't get that praise... That's evidence of where my hope lies. And all of us can get in this way. If I'm not careful, life can become all about me and promoting myself and promoting my brand and not promoting Christ. See, those type of feelings do not come from God and they're not wise and they can cause division among us. We need to be careful about that. Verse 16 says, where jealousy And self-ambition exists, that type of worldly wisdom where we push ourselves and we push our agenda and we make life all about us. For where jealousy and self-ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, sincere, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So when we push our agenda, there's going to be disorder and evilness. But if we would uh, do this heavenly type of wisdom that we've just described, it says a harvest of righteousness is shown in peace by people that make peace. So how do we know the difference between heavenly wisdom and worldly wisdom? Let's break down how this verse just described heavenly wisdom, wisdom that comes from God, the same type of wisdom that he would have given Solomon. It says, well, true wisdom is pure, clean, holy, not tainted with selfishness, not tainted with our own desires, doing what is right. It says wisdom will be peaceable. 
Not always causing fights, but bringing peace. In your life, if you realize there's constantly conflict around you, you need to look at yourself and say, am I the problem? Am I the one that's causing these things? Is my wisdom, quote unquote, causing this type of quarrels around me? Because true wisdom will be peaceable, bringing peace. A wise person's often the one that stands between two parties that are ready to fight and said, stop it, it's not worth it. This isn't right. This is hurting the mission. Next it says wisdom will be gentle. Man, that's not a word that we see very often uh, with our words and our actions today. Wisdom will be gentle. That means not harsh, not blunt. We really take pride today in our society about being blunt and, and carrying a big stick and burning people and saying snarky little comments that hurt people. But here it says wisdom will be gentle. A wise person is going to uh, put other people's feelings into consideration. Wisdom meets people where they're at. It's gentle. Wisdom will be open to reason. That means a wise person listens. You can't be open to reason without listening to the other side. Wise people don't talk over people. They let others speak. And they listen not just to get a little jab in there or to twist the other person's word around, but actually listen. They're open to reason. Wisdom is full of mercy. Does that describe you? Man, that's a tough one, right? Full of mercy. Or are you empty of mercy? Do you give people second, third, fourth chances? You want to know if you're full of mercy? Well, is your heart full of mercy? Because if it is, your mouth will be full of mercy. And you'll say merciful words. Next it says, true wisdom bears fruit. Wisdom isn't dead. It brings forth life. What does that mean? It means wise people aren't just hearers, they're doers. They have fruit. Things come out that wouldn't otherwise come out. Only motivated by the Spirit. They don't just have head knowledge. They apply knowledge. They act out what they believe and what they know. It says true wisdom is not partial. It doesn't play favorites. It's not all about you do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. Wise people don't just care about people that can help them out. They seek out people that they don't know, people that don't serve them in any way, and they treat them like Christ would treat them. See, wisdom from above is not about hypocrisy. You don't say one thing and do another. Your talk matches your walk. You don't expect more out of other people than you expect of yourself. Here, we want another uh, example of the difference between worldly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. Just look at the example of Jesus and the Pharisees, right? Jesus was kind and gentle with people, and the Pharisees were ugly and harsh and judgmental. Jesus was full of mercy, and the Pharisees were quick to punish and give up on people. Jesus was easy to approach, and the Pharisees were distant and angry. Jesus was not partial, and he sought out the undesirable people in the society's standards to help them and to serve them. But the Pharisees were expected, uh, expecting to be lifted up and to give the best seat in the house and associated with the rich and the noble. They wanted to make a name for themselves. 
And you see a difference here. Jesus' ministry bore abundant spiritual fruit that has lasted for 2,000 years and spread all over the world. And the Pharisees' religion was dead. Proverbs 4, 7 says this, which is an awesome verse. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. (laughs) And whatever you get, get insight. What is that saying? And we're going to see this again uh, somewhere else in God's word where it tells us that God wants to give us wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is wanting to get wisdom and going to the person that has wisdom. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Wisdom was important to Solomon. He asked for it and he sought for it. And this verse says, chase after wisdom with all thy might because wisdom is the principal thing. Number one, numero uno. Get wisdom. Get it with all thy getting. Seek out. We see that in the life of Solomon. Before he uh, even received that wisdom from God, he understood the thing that he needed uh, before anything else was wisdom. And that's why he asked God for it. Before God had even given him this supernatural wisdom. See, the thing that you most likely think can solve all your problems is you think if you just made a little bit more money or if your background maybe would have been a little bit different, if you're born on the other side of the tracks, if you had gotten into that college or, you know, not ruined that relationship. But the Bible tells us right here and it shows us that wisdom from God is what we need to seek out more than anything else and it will cause the difference between A life that is happy and holy. A life that is characterized by joy and peace. And a life that's characterized by selfish ambition and jealousy, seeking after our own. That wisdom comes from God, and that is what you need more than anything else today. Seek wisdom. Get wisdom, and whatever you get get insight. You want to know where God's, uh, that heavenly type of wisdom can be found? God's word, the Bible. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. The will of God is in the word of God. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And you know where those steps are found? They're in God's word. Wisdom comes from his word. So we must search God's word. Hide it in our hearts. Memorize it. Chase after it. Own our faith and take responsibility for feeding ourselves found in God's word. Not just reading a few verses, but understanding it. Understanding the context. Meditating on it. Understanding what it means. Understanding the audience, the meaning. And then seek to apply it in the right way. The way that the Bible intended to apply it. And add it to your life. I'm going to say a direct statement, and I think you'll agree with me if you take the time to really think about it. You will not be wise if you don't read God's Word. You will not be wise if you don't read God's Word. Why? Because wisdom does not come from inside you. Wisdom does not come from your deceitful heart. Wisdom doesn't come from asking a consensus of your friends that are also seeking wisdom from inside their hearts. 
Wisdom comes from God's word, and you will not be wise if you don't read God's word. James 1.5 tells us that if we ask for wisdom, God will give it to us. You want to know right from wrong, good from evil, what choices to make? God wants to tell you about it. But you got to seek it. With all you're getting, get wisdom. Go to the person that has that wisdom. Wisdom is contained in the cover of God's book, his word. And we ask God and we pray and we meditate on it and we listen for that wisdom that he wants to get us, uh, give us. I've always kind of found it a little bit funny, and I understand it from my own life too, but isn't it funny that preachers have to try and convince us to read God's word? Isn't that a little weird? Isn't it funny they got to try and talk us into it? Do we believe this is God's word or not? Do we believe that this is a supernatural book that has been passed down for hundreds and thousands of years, 66 books written by a plethora of authors, all pointing towards the story and the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we really believed that and we really understood it, we would read it. And not just superstitiously, just if I read five verses today, then I'll have a, uh, you know, God, God will have to bless me that day. No, but read it for what's contained inside of it. Read it for the words of God. Don't you want to hear from God? Don't you want wisdom? Don't you want to know what he thinks about your situation? Don't you want to know what God, your creator, expects out of you? Instead of going to your friends first, why don't you go to God's word first? Let's remember to seek true wisdom from heaven. And let's remember what that wisdom looks like. Wisdom is pure and it's gentle and it's open to reason. It's full of mercy. It bears fruit. It's not full of hypocrisy. God would love for you to ask for wisdom today, just like Solomon did. He would love for you to ask the difference between good and evil and right and wrong. He wants to give you wisdom. So stop just seeking to pursue success and power and popularity and instead pursue wisdom. Get it with all thy getting. Solomon did it and God gave it to him. And God wants to give you wisdom too. Let's seek wisdom. Seek it so that we can navigate this life in a way that honors our God. Every head's bowed and eyes closed. Band's going to come. Solomon said to God in 1 Kings 3, 9, Give your servant there an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this your great people? If we understood the responsibility that we had as parents, the responsibilities that we have as a husband or as a wife, responsibilities that we have as a, a Christian and in our job, if we really felt those responsibilities, we would understand that we cannot do it on our own. You've probably been in 
one of those situations. They call that the imposter uh, uh, scenario or uh, mindset, right? Where I'm in a, a job and I feel like maybe I, I don't deserve to be there. Right when you first get uh, married, you feel that way. Man, I, I can't do this. Oftentimes you see people come to church after they get married, after they have kids, maybe a big life change where they realize finally that they can't do it on their own. But every breath is like that. Every heartbeat. Every moment of our life, we cannot do it on our own. God, help us to live in that dependence and understanding that I need wisdom from you. Help me not to make a decision without pouring over your word. Lifting our voices in prayer and praise. God, give us wisdom. You see some unwise Christians out there today. You don't have to look much further than their Facebook feed. You meet them in a grocery store and and what spills out of their mouth is that worldly wisdom. Self-promoting. Jealousy. Envy. Strife. God, help us to be pure and gentle. God, help us to be righteous. Holy. God, give us your wisdom. Because that's the type of thing, that's the type of attitude and direction in our life that can make a difference in the world. God, I pray for every person that's listening right now, God. God, as they pray with me, God, let's let's get that wisdom, God. Lord, help us to seek it. First, we've got to understand that it comes from you and you alone. And help us to remember that. That wisdom comes from you. God, help us to uh, to just scour your word for the truths that you have given us that have been passed down for thousands of years that people's lives have been built on. God, help us build our life on your word. God, help us to pass it on to our children. God, help us not to... uh, Give that responsibility over to someone else, God. But help us to understand that as a parent, it is a great responsibility that I can never do on my own. I've got to seek you. God, help me to pass on your wisdom to my children. God, help me to have a marriage that is founded on your wisdom. God, when I go to work, help me to make wise choices. Not just choices that will progress my uh, career, God, but God, help me to to discern between right and wrong and good and evil for your glory. God, I pray if there's anyone listening today that does not know you as their Savior, God, that's the wisest choice they could ever make in the world right now is to understand that they are sinners and there's no way they can work themselves uh, to you. The wisest thing for them to understand right now is that there's no amount of good works that could get them to heaven. God, but I pray that they would give over, give up all control and call out to you 
put their faith on Jesus and what he did on the cross as the only means of salvation. God in the flesh walked this earth for 33 years and lived a perfect and a holy life so that we didn't have to pay the penalty of our sin and so that we could find a way to God through Jesus Christ and through him alone. And on the third day, he rose again from the grave, bringing our salvation with him. God, I pray if there's anyone right now that has not made that choice, they call out to you right now with all their heart. Turn around from what they were holding on to and the faith that they had in these temporary things. God, help them to put their faith in you and only you right now. Lord, please give us wisdom. God, help us to be a a wise people, not based on our knowledge or our theology or our doctrine, God, and, and just puffing ourselves up by what we know, God, but by how we act on the truth in your word. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray.